You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven too comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. This is Jeremy here with David. Greetings. And today we're going to look at the latest FAQ from August 2022, which is the time we're going to release this episode as well, which is very handy, because there'll be another one by the time we finish this, probably. Yeah, they are coming out at a fair rate these days. They say it's only every, you know, six months or so, but I think we're getting three or four in some years. No, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. It does feel quite quick, and six months, I guess, because we're... By the time we've played through it and we've got some ideas, it gets fixed up pretty quickly. So let's start. Uh, I think we should just get right into it, David. Do you want to start with the main ones there okay. from the main rulebook? Uh, let's launch into the main rulebook then. Mm. Uh, the first change that we have up here is that if a model has to make in-the-way rolls when making strikes against a model, such as if you're attacking a Candice Chariot or one of those Iron Hills fellows uh, with, again, the Chariots, do they make an in-the-way roll for each strike individually or a single roll and apply that to each strike? The answer is, they'll make an in-the-way roll for each strike individually. Not a very big change, but I did check, and the way I was originally worded, you could have interpreted either way, so nice for them to rule. So, I, let me let me get this straight. So, some people are playing that you make one in-the-way test, and then all the strikes are either up or down. Yes. Is that right? Because gotcha. the way it's written, it just says, roll a dice, mm. and that will determine who you can strike. Yep. So, it could okay. have been red, single dice, but no, roll as many dice as you have attacks. Have you ever played it that way? I always played it this way. I haven't. I never even... I never even thought that this was an option. So mm. seeing it written made me read it again. And yes, those people who are asking were correct. It could <laughs> yeah, have been read right. either way. Yep. And that's the case of most of this, isn't it? It's just because there's slight ambiguities. Next one. Speaking of slight ambiguities, this one is a real doozy. Mm. If a model elects to resolve their strikes one at a time, which you can do, and kills all of their targets re- before resolving all of their strikes, are the remaining strikes still resolved? Because rules as written, you can't not attack. But if you've killed all your opponents, there's no one for you to attack. Does the game crash and freeze and you just time out the round? GW has come to our rescue? No, as there's nothing left for them to kill. (laughs) I can't imagine someone arguing that legitimately unless they're just stalling for time. That just seems ludicrous. And yet somehow it's made it into the official list of questions and answers. So at least one person somewhere saw this and went, I've got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, that feels weird. Maybe it's a, a... common occurrence but i kind of uh, i just know i don't think of ever in a situation where it's like you, you roll your dice and if you've got one model to kill and you've got three attacks you might strike with all of them it's not a big deal yes but if you chose to roll them one at a time rules as written you would have got stuck when you'd killed him on your first attack you have two more attacks mm. and nowhere to nowhere to use them yeah okay okay <laughs> i don't think it changes anything next one it does not Okay, Uh, some special rules refer to checking to see if a model would be trapped if it loses the fight. When should this check? When should this be checked? And what exactly does it mean? This is one I have actually had come up Mm. in games, Mm. so the answer will matter. Uh, And unfortunately, it's quite a long answer. (laughs) This should be applied at the time when the special ruling question comes into effect. For example, some may say at the start of the fight phase, in which case you would check to see if the model is trapped at the start of the fight phase. (laughs) Others might say during a fight or similar, in which case you'd check at the start of that fight before any dice are rolled. That's the part that actually needed clarifying. It's at the start of the fight before any dice are rolled, you check. In all instances of this type of rule, a model would be considered trapped if, should they lose the ensuring fight, they would be unable to back away as normal. 
If the model would be able to back away as the result of a friendly model deciding to make way, then they would not be considered trapped for the purpose of this rule. And this occurs at the start of the fight before any dice are rolled. So a model could be prone, so they'll be always considered trapped. Mm. Doesn't matter. You won't get your backstabbers because the model could still back off the inch, even though they are trapped. If you could be a war beast, you never have to back away. But if you don't have the inch to back into, backstabbers will still activate. So as a TO, this is a beautifully written FAQ because I can apply the letter of the law exactly as written. There's no ambiguity. There's some weird cases, but it's concisely written. Well, not concise because they took up half a page, but it's precisely written. Hmm. Okay. No, it's probably got some stuff I haven't even thought about. I'm just going from like a... uh I think it's King Brand who's got the rule where he can get extra re-rolls if he's trapped. And it makes it very clear you can't do that by just refusing to back away with a friend, which is kind of nice. So you've got to, you've got to double rank it essentially, yes. so it can't be doing that. It'll take two friends now. Yeah, yes. which is what I was doing. I've got the banner to do that. I chuck the banner behind the friend that's sporting and then they can't back up. Okay, for our next change. Can a model affected by the immobilized slash transfixed magical power interact with anything else during the turn in which they are affected, such as detonating a demolition charge, interacting with objectives in scenarios that allow this, using a special rule from a legendary legion that requires them to act, shout, or similar, such as death from the Riders of Thad and Legendary Legion, or other similar situations? Now, the answer <laughs> is, is no. Mm-hmm. However, they keep going. A degree of common sense is required when working out what a model affected by the immobilized slash transfixed magical power can do. If the model would be theoretically need to move to do it, then they are unable to do so. Now, I have no. thoughts about this one, Jeremy. I have big thoughts about this one. Let's give my I'll thoughts. I'll let you go let first. I think it's very risky to say use common sense when you have to go in and in the FAQ before spell out that the game doesn't like stop if you've run out of attacks, if there's nothing left to kill. So I think that's a little bit of a cop-out, this one. And my issue is, like, a lot of special rules you can't use during Immobilize don't require movement as such. They require other things. Like, you don't have to... Blowing horns, all this sort of stuff. So I think I think that one could have been much clearer. I think they should have just stopped at no instead of putting a degree of common sense afterwards. I think that opens it up for people to just argue it because now it's not really an answer, is it? It's just, uh, yeah, no, but... Put some common sense to it. And of course, common sense is common and, and makes sense. So go for it. What gets me with this one is in this edition of the rules, Immobilize slash Transfix has an exhaustive list mm. of what it prevents. Yep. It says you cannot do the following list of things. This is the edition of the rules where they added active yeah. and passive special rules. Specifically so, half of them would be affected by Transfix and half would not. So if they wanted to add to that exhaustive list, by all means, say yes. This is a list of things you cannot do. To put at the end, make up your own mind about all of the passive special rules, they're now suddenly all on the table. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. The only thing that isn't on the table is backing away after losing a combat because Immobilize slash Transfix says you can. Everything else is up for grabs. The other thing about that is I think that some of those Legendary Legion special rules aren't active or passive. I think that's probably part of the issue as well. They're just rules. So they just say, like, um, I think the Dunlin Warcry, I don't think it's active. It's just, you can just do it. But this is the thing. Immobilize slash Transfix shuts down all active special rules. So if it's not an active special rule, it wouldn't be shut down. Uh, it's mm. like how they ruled it for the Dwarf Fellow with his book. He can shut down active or passive special rules. If it's neither, he can't shut it off. Yeah, but you've got to use a degree of common sense there, David. Because I, what I think you're fine is... 
Yeah, no, uh, so I, you're suggesting that's a dwarf ruling, whereas this here is clearly not a dwarf ruling. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I, I think they should have just taken the time to spell out what the issue was, because there's probably an issue here. If the issue was a demolition charge, spell it out. If the issue was death from Riders of the Theod and Legion of Legion, uh, which is, that's the free heroic combat, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you can't call heroic actions, but could you get one for free? Yeah. But more so, like, does it shut down the whole special rule as well? Like, is someone calling death or is it everyone calling death? And and that's a bit of ambiguous. So if Thaden is transfixed, yeah. does he need to call the death to give everyone else their rules? I think that's probably the discussion on that one, perhaps. And that one, I think we've just got to apply a degree of common sense. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll sign up for that at my uni. Excellent. Next up, we have a fun thematic one. Can a model that is already affected by the set ablaze special rule be affected by it again whilst they are still set ablaze? No, unless they subsequently put the fire out, in which case they can be set ablaze again. For those playing at home, set ablaze is the immediate strength Mm. 9 hit and then the strength 5 every turn. So if you don't want to take another strength 9 hit, just don't put the fire out. You're immune to set ablaze and therefore you'll just keep taking a strength 5 every turn. Which perfectly fits the Return of the King where Denethor, once he's on fire, he doesn't care. He just jogs around and goes for a walk and, you know, hikes halfway across the city. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really fussed about this one. I, like, it's uh, the whole being on fire and only taking a strength five hit is pretty, pretty pleasant, I think, overall. But yeah. I think uh, my favorite game with this, because I went through a Sauron craze for a while and I tried to set as many things on fire as possible, a set here on fire uh, only takes a wound on a six. It just Flew around all game is this flaming, yeah, flaming, flaming eagle, um, just not caring that it was on fire. It's got a phoenix going around. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's. You think? I don't know. I feel like being on fire could possibly distract you from doing all the normal stuff as well. Like just a little minor hit at the end. I know it's strength five, but but even if you defend six, it's not a big deal. Like you're not really that worried. If you've got multiple wounds, you don't care. Maybe it's just. I don't know. It feels like you should, your fight value should be reduced as well or something like that, like you've been clubbed on the head or something along the lines because you're on fire. Either that or if the damage ticked up over time so there was some sort of urgency to it. Mm. Um, just because, yeah, there's there's too many heroes that are wearing asbestos armour and just don't care that they're on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got those fireproof cloaks going around, the gloves there, they just run into the, the burning building. Yeah, it's... I could I couldn't see them judging this one either way, but I, I don't mind what they've done. I just think um, set ablaze doesn't show up very often, and when it does, it's often underwhelming. I think that's why it doesn't show up very often. Yeah, probably. It's hard to pull off. It costs either might points or all your attacks yeah. with Sauron, and then it just doesn't. I'm more scared of that fireball by Cardush uh, than I am of set ablaze. Okay, next up we have a spider-related one. Does a model with the swift movement special rule still measure the vertical distance when moving over obstacles? Luckily, the answer is yes. I like that. Good, good, solid ruling. I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. Yes, sometimes it can be tricky to measure vertical, and I'm guessing you have to uh, measure descending vertical as well with that ruling, but that's that's fine. It's how it's been played locally, but yeah. it is good to see that we got at least one of these right. So, Yeah, yeah, we don't get that right very often, do we? <laughs> I'll do the next one, David. It's about siege engines, so, so here we go. It's uh, when a siege engine fires using severed heads... Does a shot scatter as normal, resulting in the model the shot scatters onto being the initial target for the purposes of severed heads? And the answer is, once again, yes. They're getting good at this. Yeah, nice, concise, something that you can apply. It doesn't need, you know, long discussion on what type of heads they are. No. No, and, and the long discussion is in the question, isn't it? Like They've gone through a very specific corner case example, and yeah, I'm fine with that. 
Now, this next one's a big one, Jeremy, because I know you're a fan of the Heirlooms of Ages Past scenario. Uh, So, in Heirlooms of Ages Past scenario, if the Relic is in the possession of a model, uh, which will score their controlling player six victory points, will the opposing player score three victory points if they have more models within three of the model carrying the Relic than their opponent? Answer is no. The three victory points for having the most models near the relic only applies if no models are in possession of the relic. Yeah, this is rubbish. I, I don't like this one at all. One, it's not what they've, they've written, but two, it sort of kills the scenario in a points level point of view. So you, you pretty much, you've got it all in the same sort of step following stuff, but it's really just win the game if you have the heirloom and then, then nothing else really matters. Like if the heirloom's on the ground, then you do a pile on. But I, I think this is probably, and I'm going to theorize here, David, because I don't know for sure, and I'm going to make that very clear. This is not someone who's told me anything. I don't know anything about this. But it feels like someone who wrote that scenario originally might have been a different person to one writing the FAQ because I don't I don't understand why that would be the case. And it's it's turned a, an amazing scenario into a pretty rubbish one. I do have a theory about this. If you're interested, mm, I do because a lot of the criticism uh, back when the Green Dragon championed Heirlooms of Ages Past as a playable scenario is that whoever gets the objective wins because if you play with this faq whoever's holding the objective gets six points that their opponent can't get it makes it impossible for that player to lose Mm -hmm. and that was the argument that came from everybody on the internet not everyone like two people isn't there only two people on the internet maybe maybe they got a consensus from everyone else on the internet i could be wrong that could be the case (laughs) maybe they knew something we didn't because if you apply this faq yes the scenario is rubbish whoever gets the objective wins they cannot lose uh, we were the only people that seemed to think that it was otherwise, so maybe we were wrong. No, 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 no. It's it's the classic one. They write something and they mean something else, and I think I think this is rubbish, and I think it should be totally ignored. And whenever I play the scenario, I'm going to ignore this because it's it's not good. If you want to get into the real technical, uh, the rule book has at the start of the rule book a sentence that says this rule book contains all the rules to play the game. So if you want to ignore the FAQ, the rule book's on your side. True. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> no, look, I, I think obviously if you're a tournament organizer, feel free to make adjustments to scenarios as you see fit. If your group's happy to play them with this rules, then play them with this rules. But I would advocate that that people around here, one, we need extra time for that scenario. And two, I would like to put it back to the other ruling if possible as well, because I think it makes for a better game. And I've played heirlooms more than anyone in the world because i love this scenario strongly agreed um it's a great scenario if you do it right it's uh for all the reasons jeremy has discussed in our previous episode yep yep i could do it again but this is the new episode so i'm going to talk about heirlooms of past rubbish next okay moving on we're into the official erratas Mm. jeremy do you want to lead is this the will of evil am i in the right spot? this is the will of evil the will of evil (laughs) this one i've got some thoughts on this one as well but replace the last sentence in the first rules paragraph with the following, a model with this special rule may not use their last point of will to cast a magic power and cause themselves to be removed as a casualty. So there's two ways you can read this one. One, you don't get removed as a casualty with the last will, which is absolute rubbish and it's definitely not what it's saying. Yes. But the actual real reason is, of course, that that scenario, you just do a long-range black dart and just lose all your will and basically end the game when you want to end the game. So that's, that's the problem with that that Ringwraith army. I like this, but I think they've missed a couple things. One, I can still use my will to increase my stats if I'm like Kamul or something like that. Yes. And, and 
and and die or like there's a few of them that have special rules like that one of them puts up a, a shadow so you can't shoot it or something it costs will and but not in the legion not in the legion yeah that's that's true that's true the other thing is it's still very easy to do this because what you do is and hear me out david here's yes, my strategy yes. i walk in i've got seven will i cast a six dice transfix or compel or black dart or something like that maybe compel compel a model towards me yes yes and then charge it but not in the legion because you don't spend will in combat oh, if you're in the legion i'm not in the legion oh okay i get what you're saying so in normal ring wraiths because i could think yeah yeah no that's true you don't spend any will in yeah okay so in that case the regular legion yeah interesting. the legion can't kill its own models through running out of will mm. If you took all of those models outside the Legion, then yes, you yeah, can still gotcha, just gotcha. burn through all your yeah. will, charge into combat and die. My thoughts on this is I only run singular ring yeah. in my armies and I love holding on to that last will point because the opponent knows I'm not going to use it to cast a spell because that's my high courage stand fast. Mm. It's my harbinger of evil. And so they're big punchy hero can push into my lines confident that i'm out of spells and then i spend that last will point i catch him by surprise and it's glorious works every time except when i don't roll the cast value works almost every time <laughs> yes now i can't do that so that makes me sad but i can see what they're aiming for here so yeah uh, one thing that annoys you about this is it feels like they come in and they make a super legion and then have to change the base rules of the models because they've souped them up so much so, I don't think people really had a problem with Ring Rapes until that legendary Legion came out. Can I tell us? Can I tell a long story that might not go anywhere? You can tell a long story and rebut that. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, this was back when I was very new to the game, either Return of the King rulebook or the one that came straight after it. Um, I showed up at the gaming club and a guy showed me his army. It was entirely Ring Raids and mm-hmm. he talked me through how it worked. Back then, there was only six missions. Two of them, it would win on turn one regardless of what you did because of how the deployment zones were and how the objectives were. The other two, it would win by turn three regardless of what you did. And there are only two of the six missions that this person would actually have to play with their list. And the person said to me, don't worry, they're going to change this next time they put a thing out. It's too broken for them to leave. That was in either the Return of the King rulebook or the one directly after it. So this change, people have been expecting for a long time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I can look. I'm actually fine with this change. It's not not a big deal. It, it's because so many of the scenarios still uh, it, the game ends at a certain point, like 25. percent It feels wrong. Half you of can them. just yeah. It feels wrong. You can just sacrifice your models. It, it still feels weird to me that I can just go and and just go mass shielding at that point in time as well, or just the the lie down in the river sort of stuff. All this sort of stuff seems a bit dodgy. And this is one of the just the easiest thing to do because you have a hundred percent control over it. Yeah. So I'm glad it's changed, and and I think I think it probably came to light mainly because that, that legendary legion is is just so good. Agreed. So next up, we have the changes to the match play guide. Uh, in the FAQ, there's only one that we've already seen, but they've uh, written it twice just to make it clear that this was deliberate and it wasn't just a copy paste error. And that is heirlooms of ages past has changed. So now there's two erratas I have to ignore. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. You're just rubbing it in there, David. Rubbing it in! Which would bring us across to the armies of the Hobbit, if you wish to go next, Jeremy. Okay, well, I love the Hobbit stuff, so let's go straight into it. And I love finding the magenta stuff. It's so easy to find it. Can a Wood Elf Sentinel's Eldemar Madrigal special rule be used to make an enemy model charge if the model they are charged doesn't have a control zone? No. No, this is one where you can't enter control zones with it. Correct. So they're basically, I, I, I like this 
because I always assume this is the case, but you can't just then get another model to charge in, no control zone, and be able to charge models in with a, a that one. That's 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 good. That's a good change. It basically, they could just say you can't enter combat as well, or you can't charge. I still wonder how. Oh no, enter control zones. I still wonder how it would interact with something like a troll brute, where it doesn't charge; it just sort of bumps across things. But troll brute is fearless. That's true. And they've FAQ'd war beast now to be no longer gotcha. affected by yeah. a wood elf sentinel. What's the other things it can do? It mahud. Uh, some of the chariots, but they charge, don't uh, they? Do they? Okay, they okay. Do, they do impact hits after charging. Gotcha, gotcha. No, no, they don't. They keep going. I, anyway, who who knows? That sounds like it's worth asking for the next year's FAQ. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Anyway, I, assuming there's nothing that, that comes out, that's fine. And the next one's about Bayorn. Question: Can Bayorn transform into bear form if there isn't enough space to place the bear model? If so, what happens? Answer. Yes, so long as the only things in the way are models and not immovable terrain. In this instance, Bayorn will be placed so that the center of the bear model is where the man model was previously. Then move any displaced models the minimum distance possible so that they are one inch away from Bayorn. In this situation, players take it in turns to displace models starting with Bayorn's controlling player. Bayorn may then move normally. Yeah, look, that's... I don't mind that because it takes away one of the anti-bear tactics you've got, which is where you just you basically plug up enough models so that it can't change into it. So I think that's a, probably a good change. I hate these sort of displaced things, though, because I feel like it stuffs up the game a bit, but that's, I think, part of the mechanic. The other one, I don't like the watch in the water where it displaces as well, but I, I, it's a necessary evil, I think, at this point. The problem I have with this is when you combine it with the next question, which is, can Bayorn use his skin changer special rule when he moves as part of a heroic combat? And the answer is yes. Yeah, that's rubbish. I don't like that at all. So if you can pulse out your base size as part of a heroic combat, and you can, you could also do this if you just lost priority and moved second. There's a combat you don't like yeah. the look of. You pulse out your base. The models scatter to the winds. The combat is broken, assuming that you use your minimum distance pushbacks to separate those models. Yeah, because you shouldn't be able to separate combat, so I would argue, but it doesn't say that in the previous one, does it? So then that's open for interpretation. I would say that you keep them together as clumps, but to push them out, there will be sometimes that won't be the shortest route, especially if you've got Correct. terrain or other models they would have to push around. But, but we're not that specific about that sort of stuff, though, in the game, are we? Like, really? Like, I, we are. We're very specific about it. But everything else is like an inch is not quite an inch unless it wants to be. And there's all this sort of stuff. Yeah, is an inch greater or less than a base size or are they meant to be the same? Yes. When they say things like minimum distance possible, I don't actually think they, they actually know what that means because of the way circles interact. So I guess we need another FAQ here. Can you use it to break combats? Can you use it to push models into combat if that would be the shortest distance? Yeah, look, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm just going to, I'll do your job for you designers. Uh, the answer to that question, David just said, can you use it to, to remove models from combat? No. Can you use it to create new combats? No. They have to be separated by the minimum distance so they are not in combat with things they weren't previously in combat with. If you're surrounded by a donut of models, so there's nowhere that you could be pushed back to without deplacing further models, do you deplace the further models or do you just not push them back? You don't even use Bayorn, David. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but there was three of them at the last tournament yeah, I ran. I know, it's it's... Can you use this to push models off a cliff or into lava? If you are standing next to a war beast or other model that cannot be moved, does it move or do you? Yeah, yeah I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's somewhat problematic. and It's a bit of a fudgy thing. And I think this fudging, it works well if you're happy to fudge things throughout the whole game. Because I know we've been playing Warmaster a bit 
and we're happy to do a bit of fudging in Walmart. So we sort of agree before games, if things are a couple meals off, just just scoot things around, move the train a little bit if the block doesn't fit. And we both play that way and we're fine with it because we're not playing competitively. We're just trying to get a cool story. Whereas rings, we play a lot more strict on it, don't we? We just like, no, no, once a model's placed, it's placed. You can't jiggle it around. You can't move it. I guess the real problem with these is not that it's ambiguous. It's when you come up to a situation and one player thinks they know the rule one way and the other yeah. player thinks they know the rule the other way. Uh, we had this come up during my last tournament with barge. When you barge, the models and the spearmen back off three inches. Yes. The, if the spearmen choose not to spear support, they are not spear supporting, therefore may choose to make way or not. They choose not to make way, the barge ends, no models move. Um, yep. By simply choosing not to spear support. One player was like, yes, that's definitely the rules. I read through it. I agree. Those yeah. are the rules. The other player was like, no, that's just completely ridiculous. And but you declare barge afterwards, don't you? So you just wouldn't barge in that case. Yes, but they had charged into that place hoping to barge, yeah, not yeah, aware so that the opponent could just choose it. not to use their spears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where it becomes an issue when one player thinks one way and the other player thinks the other, and that affects how they've played up to that point. I had a similar discussion about that with Hurl, with with Paul, because what he was he was playing the ends, and what he wanted to do was throw models into the back of his ends, and then all my models, which was over the other side of the end, would all fall down. Yes, and I was arguing that's not the case because it says you've got to pass through and you stop at it. So we have we had this big long debate about what pass through means, and I I argued that you don't pass through things unless you pass through them. them. Yeah. But uh, clearly other people play that that touching in contact is passing through and therefore it counts as that. Yeah, we've both played other game systems where base contact counted as overlapping and things like that. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think it's the one where you, you sort of, even in, a, in a small group, you just sort of discuss it and you make a choice for it. It's those big events, isn't it, where you've got a, a tournament organizer got to think about this stuff and, and, and know And something to, like that. If that's a big, this is your play to save your tree beard, then... You'd be going into that move. You'd have done other stuff during your yeah. turn to set that up. And then just to suddenly find out that's not how the rules work, that would change your entire turn. But I think there also needs some forewarning as well because we had a situation where I had set up perfectly to avoid getting hit by the hurl and Paul just assumed that he could just hurl, so he didn't care. Mm. And then so we had to, and then it was to look up the rules. Whereas if at the start of the game we said, we're going to play it this way or this way, both of us would have played differently. We, we would have we would have adjusted. Agreed. More people should have episodes where they go through rules in you know in great <laughs> detail. Yeah, yeah, no, and solve all the world's problems. Well, I just talk. I just said to Paul at the start of an event, just ask the tournament organizer how they're going to rule it, and then tell your opponent at the start of a game. Just say, just so you know, this is how the tournament organizers agreed to this one, and, and warn ahead of time. Okay, can the white wag be chosen as the, the assassin in the assassination scenario? If so, what happens? Yes. However, if the white wag is chosen as the assassin, then whilst Azog is still riding it, any kills that the model makes will be attributed to Azog and not the white wag, which is very interesting. And sometimes your Azog will be your only hero, the white wag being essentially the only other hero. So I could see it being useful, but basically means you have to separate to become an assassin. What I like about this is the additional explanation anticipated the next question yeah. rather than creating the next question. Yeah, no, I like that. Oh, no, this is, this is actually very well written. I would never have assumed you could do this, but they've, they've closed a little bit of a loophole there as well, so that's pretty good. Ah, Bat Swarm one. Okay. If a Bat Swarm that is under the effects of the channeled version of the Shroud of Shadows magical power is engaged in a fight, do the models they are engaged with halve their fight value twice, once for Blinding Swarm and once for the magical power, or just once? The answer is they'll only halve their fight value once, rounding down. Yep. Because the rounding down comes from the bat swarm. Yep. Whereas the other one rounds up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's 
Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's the same effect from two different sources, so it could be argued either way. The question that they've left open is what happens if you have a ring bearer and a bat swarm both in the same combat? Yep. Uh, it doesn't specify. No, but it's like it specifies what it intends to specify, and they haven't really opened anything up afterwards. Yes, they might not have covered other situations, but that's fine. What happens if the Goblin Scribe is affected by a heroic march? And the answer is the Goblin Scribe will be unaffected by the heroic march. This means he will not increase his move value by three inches, but also does not have to remain six in- within six inches of the hero that has declared the heroic march if they call out the double as he cannot move. So normally uh, the Goblin Scribe gets carried around by other people, doesn't he? Yes. So can they get affected by and just carry him fast? Um, I would assume so, because the Goblins... They're not part of the model. They are just treating yeah. it as an object so that as they're long carrying as they around. Could still march, carrying them as a heavy object. I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, it it would just it's in the situation where you wanted to leave him behind, but would he still get his move? Yeah, gotcha. Um, but he doesn't have a move. This is just saying. So he just. But he has there. to move to activate his rules. Uh, so he just he has yep. no move, but he still activates. Two I see moves. what you're saying. So you won't get an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yep. No, that's that's fine. I don't think it changes really much, except that yeah, it means it, that there's a march around. You can still do that one. Okay, what's the next set of ones? Next David? up, we come into the armies of the Lord of the Rings. Mm. Okay, so I'll start off with this one as well. Might, might as well. Uh, so I've got here, I'm not sure how to read this one. So we, yeah, go by column. Let's do this. Um, can Shadowfax be chosen as a hero to protect or target in scenarios where this is applicable, such as assassination or fog of war? The answer, of course, is no, because it doesn't have the hero keyword. I, I say, of course, because once again, I never would have considered mounts for this one. But it is, a good... it is the tricky one because whereas the White Wag has the hero keyword, yeah. Shadowfax doesn't. Yep. But Shadowfax has will and fate. And in the hero section, it says heroes have will and fate. So it was ambiguous. It's good we've got a rule. Yeah. And look, I think it's a right call as well. Like, like the, I understand because the White Wag can be separate. Yes. This one can't be separate and act separately. The, the White Wag is legitimately a hero. You dismount, the White Wag can Unless you're using the optional rules for loose mounts. In open play. <laughs> open play doesn't have to follow this FAQ at all. True, true. Until the FAQ says otherwise. <laughs> you wait, <laughs> yeah. next FAQ. Can I can I follow these, you know, no, make up my no, own rules? Stay away from play. my open play. <laughs> next one, David. Okay. Can Grimbold upgrade any warriors from the Rohan army list to be Helmingers or just war- or just the warrior of Rohan profile? <laughs> Answer, just the warrior of Rohan profile. And I get why this is confusing because Elsewhere in the rule book, it'll say like Mahud warrior, as in yeah. the keywords Mahud and warrior. Whereas this one, it says warrior of Rohan, meaning the profile, not the keywords. Yep, yep, yep. That's once again would never have considered it, but that's fine. No issue with that one. Can this one we've already done? The the Wood Elf Sentinel shows up again, so we've, we'll go right past that one and we'll move over to Gulliver. So Gulliver's strength of body, strength of will, special rule states that his attacks and courage are equal to his remaining wounds, which it does. How does this interact with special rules that increase or decrease a model's courage value, such as Harbinger of Evil or a Warhorn, or magical powers that permanently affect the model's courage value? And this one actually needs an FAQ because this is, was ambiguous. Yes. The answer is Gulliver will still be affected by special rules that increase or decrease his courage value as normal, which is different to how we've played it. In these instances, work out what Gulliver's courage would be, equal to his remaining wounds, and then apply the modifier of the special rule in question. If so, if Gulliver has a full four wounds, yeah, we, okay, we get the example, Then and was affected by Harbinger of Evil, the, his courage value will be three. 
Gulliver cannot be affected by magical powers that permanently affect his courage value, such as Drain Courage. And the reason I didn't use that was because of things like Drain Courage, where Drain Courage feels like it did nothing. And that, So I agree with this. I like this one. No, agreed. It's it's good to have a clear ruling that we can apply going forward. So you could put a Warhorn, couldn't you? If you had a Warhorn around and Gulliver... Yes, because you had established your value, yep. then you'd apply any modifiers. Yep. And likewise, yeah, Harbinger of Evil and this sort of stuff. And so, yeah, that's, that's good. I like that. Okay, next up we have the... Wood Elf Sentinel special rule, but applied to Dead Marsh Spectres. And it's the same ruling. I like that as well. Excellent. Consistency <laughs> across three rulings. Must well, be deliberate. We also have a Bat Swarm ruling that's consistent as well. So we'll keep going. Uh, the next one is if a model within six inches of Grim or Wormtongue declares a heroic action without spending might, such as through the use of Master of the Battle X+, or a special rule in their profile... How many might do they have to spend due to Grima's Wormtongue's special rule? This is a bit different to what I expected. None, as no might points are being spent to declare the heroic action. Unfortunately, it's also really ambiguous. Mm. Because Master of Battle is quite clear in its ruling. It says, may call the action without spending might. Something like Helm Hammerhand's free heroic combat specifies without spending might. So, that's very clear. When you get into things like Mighty Hero or Hero Legend, it says if you expend a might point, then it doesn't reduce your your store. Now, since you've expended a might point, would that then activate Grima Wormtongue's thing, even though it's not costing you a might point, you are still using it? I would still say, because you still have to use... A might point. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, because that would be like one free essentially. And I, I think this basically just doubles the cost. So they'll be cost you two. So one free and, and another one. So I think if Aragorn's doing it with, with Grima Wormtongue around, I think Aragorn still has to spend an extra point. That's how I read it. Yeah. But that's assuming that the word spent means the same thing as the word expended. And again, we've played other games where that would have been no two completely different game mechanics. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I get that. I think this is another one of those ones that you just, just sort out with your group. and and. In that case, since you're part of my group, one more corner case for you. Yep. Taskmasters. If you declare an action, so you've declared the action, you've yep. spent the might point, roll a dice on a four plus, no might is spent. So does that mean it's going to cost me two unless I can get the four plus, in which case it costs me none because no might is spent, in which case, yes, no might has been spent. I'm, so is it all or nothing? I'm okay with that one. All okay. or nothing. I'm okay with all or nothing. Does it, how much might does the Taskmaster have? Taskmaster's only got the one, but he's got his six inch whip of the master's rule. Because I would argue that that he probably wouldn't be allowed to have a go at it, uh, because, uh, like if if like the taskmaster, for example, is doing something within six inches of Grima, you wouldn't have the might to, to be able to expend it full stop. True, so, but if you get the, f- or maybe you lose the might because I think you lose the might and nothing happens. That's it? the other hero. So there's that uh, hero that might that ring wraith that might cost you an extra might point. Yep. You can take the risk, yeah, which yeah, yeah. makes me think you could go all or nothing on the one might point. If you get the four plus, you're all good cost you nothing if you get the one or two or three it costs you both you only spend one action fails yep gotcha yep yep yeah i'm okay with that i think i think taskmaster's a gamble anyway i'm happy for just to stay gambling and and look it, someone will faq this and argue something else okay david could you do the next one okay that brings us through to the erratas in this section uh we've got two erratas first one is the shades chill aura change from passive to active so this is another shade debuff. If you transfix a shade, it now loses its chill aura for the turn. Mm. Though, as we discussed with the changes to transfix, maybe you would have lost them anyway, depending you know on whether what? it has to move to chill that aura, people. actually could have been the change before all the other changes. 
Agreed. Especially that change where they accidentally buffed it. That was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, like, they, they, they still, obviously the shade is still an issue because they're still beating it to death over and over and over again. And look, I don't mind this one on its own. I think a lot of the other ones were a bit silly about it. And I think that whole keywordy stuff and all that sort of stuff probably didn't have to happen. I, I guess it's a very specific way of turning it off. Like you can use magic powers to turn it off. Yeah, it, it affects more the interaction rather than the overall balance because there are lots yeah. of armies that don't have access to a transfixer yeah, and a mobilize. Exactly. I, I'm not. I'm not against this one, but I do think they can just leave the shade alone for a little bit because, like, you just you're hitting the whole army. You're hitting things over and over and over again because of the shade. Just, just rewrite the profile and just fix it up. Like, if it's that much of an issue, just just fix it. Stop. Stop. It, I feel like something. Once something gets like a whole page of FAQs, they need a new profile. Agreed. It's almost like they're planning to incorporate all of these FAQs into a new rulebook that's coming out Yeah, but they won't be, will it? Because the rulebook won't have the profiles. True, true. So, no, it won't be all the FAQs. It'll be a couple of the FAQs, which I think is a good thing on record, but it won't be the profiles. Can I say, I think it's an amazing idea. It'll all depend on the execution. Because if they get some intern to try and type this massive tome of FAQs into a rulebook you know for a fact that they're going to lose something in the margins or an example's going to overlap somewhere and we're going to lose text. And then we're going to need three FAQs. An FAQ if you're using the old book, an FAQ if you're using the new book, and an FAQ about which bits that they cut out of the new book, See, which David, were meant to be in the old book. This may shock you. Yes? But I think they're going to nail it and not make any mistakes. I think they've entirely learnt from Defence of the North about leaving out whole models and leaving out things. I think they're going to... Hear me out. I'm going to be positive and I think they're going to actually proofread they're going to proofread a new release yes yes remembering this thing's meant to be coming out in like december that's no, not well, a lot of time for proofreading. Then, then they have proofread it i'm gonna i'm gonna say but this faq didn't come out that long ago that's a pretty narrow pretty narrow window to be yeah, proofreading yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm standing my ground here david i am full of optimism i until i'm proven wrong i am going to say absolutely it's going to be perfect it's going to be proofread it's going to be looked at by the team of playtesters and they're going to spot the issues and it's going to be all sorted yeah Given the amount of additions that there was an error in the wound chart, that's a brave statement, but we'll go with it. The new rulebook will be perfect. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. How's that one? The uh, um, Isengard Assault Ballista piercing shot has a range of 6 to 48 inches because this was so ridiculously powerful that I gave it a tiny short range where it can't no, shoot. No, this, this makes a whole lot of sense. If you've been playing against it, because it gets to draw line of sight yeah, from true. the tip of the weapon, so it's firing from an elevated position... And it's got a 360 swivel from the tip of that firing point, And it just gets ridiculous, the sort of trick shots it can pull off when you get in close to mm. it. So having played against these, that is a beautiful change. I don't know why they just do 12 inches like all the other ones. Yeah, that would have made more sense. But yep. it's a direct fire weapon. So I guess they figured that I don't yeah. know, they can crank it up to some weird angle and... I don't yeah. know how that thing fires directly either, but either way. I don't, either way, I don't really care. It, it's, it's a good change, I think. I... I I have no problem with, with cutting down siege weapons because they they don't add a huge amount of the game in terms of maneuverability or, or that. Like I played with my dwarf, not dwarf, the, um yes, dwarf ballista recently and it's a really good model, but I hated every moment of playing with it because my whole army just stood still and waited for the ballista to do its thing. And it's, no, I don't like I don't like playing like that. You mean the actual dwarf ballista, not the Iron Hills dwarf ballista? No, I use the Iron Hills one. Okay. I painted it up. It's a really nice model and I know it's overpowered, and but... But the playstyle just didn't suit me because I was just I was just camped in the corner and waited for things to come to me and then beat them over the head of the dwarves. This is this is why we need to give them stupid class names like um, 
it should be the Screaming Skull Dwarf Ballista or yeah, something like yeah. that, just so we could tell them apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, the next book is... Next up, we have the Battle Companies book. Uh, for those of you who play Battle Companies, I'll run through them quickly. Yep. Heroic actions gained by hero, do they increase their points cost? The answer is no, because special rules bump you up by 10 points. They've said heroic actions, just ignore them. Yep. No Fine. extra cost. And finally, if a hero isn't wearing any type of armor, but a member of their battle company has the ability to take a type of armor, such as armor or heavy armor, can the hero purchase a type of armor from the armory? The answer is no. The only option a hero has to upgrade their armor is from armor to heavy armor. If the hero doesn't have any armor, then they cannot choose this option. Uh, this will likely be because the hero in question has made a name for themselves as a ranger scout or some similar role that does not require armor or <laughs> taking some would only hinder their natural talents. <laughs> now, this is because in the book, it lists the cost not for heavy armor, but for upgrading yeah. armor yeah. to heavy armor. So you would have to have mm. armor to start off with. Uh, and they're basically saying, yep, that was deliberate. It wasn't a typo. Play it as read. I feel like some of this explanation is more on the, the cute side rather than actually helpful. Like, it's it just feels like, no, no, this is how we always meant it because here's this over-elaborate story about, about the hero made a name for themselves. They, this is a, a hero of legend that we're talking about and we knew your, your hero was a hero of legend because we wrote this rule. Yeah, so you know how in battle companies you're meant to be telling your own stories? No. Games Workshop has got in there first. They know the stories We've got that the story will be told. for this hero. Yeah, because he doesn't have armor. This is his hero story. Okay, next up we've got Gondor at War, but the only change is they've changed the date at the top. So Good, good. That's my favorite. You know what? That is legitimately my favorite kind of FAQ. Well, then you'll love the FAQ on the scaring of the shadow. Okay, okay, okay. What is it? What is it? It's now the August 2022 yes! FAQ. Scary Trial is a pretty good book. And, and I know that... I've, I've been critical about books that have been like quick turnaround before. Scaratrio was what the perfect example of a quick turnaround that was really valuable for the game as well. I like that one. Agreed. I do like Scaring of the Shire. Um, like it was, there wasn't a huge amount of content there for people who don't like the Shire, but it, but it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Like it's literally just the Shire. Agreed. For instance, I brought it. I like it. One of these days I'll get around to using those profiles. Hasn't happened yet, but it'll happen. Whereas Fall of the Necromancer, I haven't got around to buying yet. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think you should. I've got a copy of it. If you want to look at it, you can look at it. Okay. Uh, War in Rohan and Quest of the Ringbearer both go by fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. As does Fall of the Necromancer. Nice. Nice, that's nice. Do we have any others? We do. We have Defense of the North. Oh. <laughs> uh, which doesn't have many legacy FAQs, so the ones in it are rather new. Okay, okay. Well, how about I start with this one? So we've got the uh, the the bear space one for Grimbayorn. Uh, please say they've got one for Bayorn and Grimbayorn. That would be amazing. We've already had one for Bayorn. So no, the they both specify in here Grimbayorn. Yep. So anyway, it's for both bears. Too bad. Uh, so let's let's ignore those ones because we've already we've already went through them when there's Bayorn, which was in the other book. Uh, do special rules that affect both the rider and mount, such as a war camel's impaler special rule, affect both the dragon emperor of rune and in the royal palaquin? Uh, yes, though it still doesn't make it a cavalry model. That's a very like aggressive way of saying it, isn't it? Yes. Someone, someone's that's that's a direct response to someone in particular who was harassing a designer. I'm sure, perhaps. Yes, this reads. I've been playing a lot of War Beasts lately, and there's a lot of things in the game that assume that everything is either infantry or cavalry. Yeah, so yeah. once you get something that isn't, either because it's a War Beast and the rules writers never considered that there were three types of models in the game. Or in this case, where it's a really weird infantry model, 
a lot of other rules yeah. just don't take that into consideration. Well, at the start of the game, it was just infantry, wasn't it? And then, like, cavalry was introduced later on. Or, or no, you had, well, you didn't have cavalry models. You could buy a horse initially, but it didn't do anything. It just sped you up. And I, yeah. I only joined in the battle games in Middle Earth days, so oh. I missed the Fellowship of the Ring edition. Yeah, no, uh, it, w- it was a very slow build up. Like, Monster is a relatively new thing, and War Beast is a new thing, because yes. everything was just infantry. And then they started to give rules to differentiate between infantry and cavalry. And that sort of set this up, up a way to go, yeah, interesting. Can magic of powers that affect either the rider and mount, such as Black Dart or Wither, be used to target either the Dragon Emperor of Rune and or the Royal Palaquin? <laughs> yes, although it's not a cavalry model. Yeah, just to be clear, it is not a cavalry model. <laughs> it functions as a cavalry model in every instance, but is not cavalry. Yep. So you, char- you choose which one you want to target. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I feel like... Oh, this 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 guy! I haven't put mine together yet. I've got him, got him in the box, and I can't wait to do it when I get some time. But I've, I've I'm glad I've waited till the FAQs came out. I feel like this has saved a lot of issues. Okay, when a magical power targets the whole model, such as Blade Wrath or Paralyzed, will this affect both the Dragon Emperor of Ruin and the Royal Palakuin? Yes. Okay, but does it make it cavalry? Doesn't specify. It just says the whole model. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It might be cavalry in this case. Let's let's see. If the royal palaquin is affected by a magic power that permanently reduces a characteristics, wither or drain courage, and then the dragon emperor of rune subsequently dismounts, are the black dragons that replace the royal palaquin also affected by the original ma- magic power? Yes. Additionally, if the royal palaquin is affected by the wither magic power. It will also reduce the strength of strikes that the Royal Palaquin makes if the Dragon Emperor of Rune wins the fight. Interesting. Yep. I wonder if this carries over onto like Wag Riders, um, Azog, yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's an interesting... I, I feel like this is a, a corner case one anyway, though, because of the, it's, it's a weird model. And it's and I, I, I'm gonna, I've got a theory here, David. Is it cavalry? My theory is no. Okay. There. <laughs> so it wouldn't. This rule wouldn't carry over onto cavalry models I, that I are think cavalry. It's a dangerous precedent to apply rules from this one onto cavalry models, just because I I actually don't think it's a cavalry model. What gives you this impression? I wish they would make an FAQ that would tell me whether it's a cavalry model. Yeah, let's or not. ask them. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's send in an email and say, "Oi, do you think this is a cavalry model?" <laughs> let's do that. Actually, let's, let's, let's <laughs> do they have a mailing address like they a do. PO box or something? Yeah, yeah, they've got an FAQ oh. mailing. I'll I'll. I'll I'll it's, assemble it's my pigeons. Middle Earth FAQ at gwplc.com. Okay. We'll send one. When we finish this, we'll send one to them and ask them. <laughs> if the Balrog or the Watcher in the Water hits the Dragon Emperor of Rune or his Royal Palaquin with their Fiery Lash or Tentacle Special Rules, respectively. I like that they said respectively as well, so we don't get it confused and apply. It's always the fiery embarrassing lash. when, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the Balrog comes along with its tentacles. Yeah, that could be a good conversion. Uh,. Th- is the whole model dragged into combat or just the part that was hit? Both rules state the model, so it would be the whole model. And look, I'm, I like that, so you just can't pick off the, the guys holding it. Yes. It is always funny to see uh, when you've got like a Thadden or something riding along a full tilt and the whole model gets picked up and dropped somewhere else. Mm. But yeah, you've just got to apply a bit of cartoon logic to it and off he goes. Yeah, these rules are not my favorite because I, I think they sort of override how the game works in general, but I think that that really makes sense for it. Given that, given that that does that, I feel it's particularly nasty just to be able to grab bits and just rip them off. I think that's, yeah, that's a problem. Agreed. Okay. This is a question that is about the dragon emperor, but might actually apply to the iron Hills chariot. We'll find out. 
How many models does the Dragon Emperor of Varun count as when determining a force's breakpoint? The Dragon Emperor of Varun and his Royal Pelican will count as a single model when determining a force's breakpoint. Only the Dragon Emperor needs to be slain for the model to count as a casualty towards the forces being broken. Additionally, any black dragons that replace the Royal Palaquin, such as when the Dragon Emperor dismounts or is slain, will not increase the force's breakpoint. However, each one that is subsequently slain will count as a separate casualty towards the force being broken. So it counts as one model in yep. your army, yep. but as six or seven casualties. Yep. Yep. And I, I think there's other things like that. I, I don't think we can necessarily apply it to, to the Dwarf Chariot. I think that's... That's probably a bit of a reach, and that one needs some FAQing as well, quite frankly. But uh, for this one, it's pretty similar to like how the Goblin Scribe works, where the more extra models you can don't change your breakpoint, but they do count as casualties. Mm-hmm. If you kill them, it counts as the models you're killing towards break. So same same idea here. You get some bonus guys, but if you kill them, they start yep. care, like there can be a detriment. Yeah, but you don't have to kill the mount as well as the rider because it's not cavalry. Yeah, but it then doesn't count like the war beast where you count every model and kill them all individually. Yeah, yeah, and look, uh, that could cause major problems when someone just like ran away. Like I, I, I like this that it's sorted out this way. I think it's a it's an awkward model, but like I'm looking forward to playing and see if it's worth all these ru- special rules. Uh, have we finished the rules for the the pelican? I believe we have. So only a whole page of them. Cool. So this one, I use this guy. So I'm gonna do this one. Does Razgush's Bonebreaker remove all special rules associated with an enemy model's elven-made weapon, or does it negate the bonus for winning the roll-off in case of a tied fight? It only removes the bonus for winning the roll-off. It doesn't take the other things away for this, the elven weapon special rules. So that's like... Um, Wounding the Goblin King. Yeah, all that sort uh, of stuff. Fainting. But yeah, but like, I think that's fine. You know what? I've used this guy a lot, and I've used the Legendary Legion a lot. I've never played elves. Okay, you've got to set up a grudge match. In your I next do, tournament. but I feel like people are just going to say, no, I'm not playing you because you've got special rules against elves. Fair point. You might have to set up a secret grudge match. I have to like like take a, a box of something else and like total misdirect, like have a box full of Dunland and like, ah, who wants to play me? And someone pulls out elves and they quickly switch the boxes and go, yep, I've got this anti-elf legion. Take this elf player. That'll show them. You know, I just did an episode recently on how, making lots and lots of elf armies. So hopefully someone will take that and then I can go take Razgush and smash up their orphan. Oh, that's 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 some smart thinking there. You yeah. Got yeah, yeah, it's my plan all along. <laughs> In the Defenders of Erebor Legendary Legion, do friendly models need to be within three inches of all of the listed characters to benefit from the Royal Bloodline special rule, or just within three inches of any of them? Answer, within three inches of any of them. Good. They stuffed up a little word. This is the right answer for it. This is the logical one. That is the worst banner rule in the game if you had to be in, in, like three inches of all four of them. You would have to take all four for a start. You have to take all four. and You'd, you'd have, have to fit them all within three inches of a model. Yep. <laughs> no, this, this this is, I think, one of those ones where, you know, sometimes you write something and, and you think, oh, it makes perfect sense and someone else reads it and totally misses what you're going for. I feel like this is the case here. Yeah, you know what you meant when you were typing, so when you yeah. read it back, you read what you yeah. thought you typed. Yeah, yes. no, I feel, I feel that this is the case. It's, a, it's just a little error. I think it caused a lot of problems for the people who don't have English as a, as a first language because it, it specifically, it, it stated you have to be within three inches of all of them, like it was an and. Yeah. Do you know if they get a separate FAQ per language or is I don't every, think so. or they just translate this one across I think all of them? they just translate this one. I think I, I, it's a massive task and I, I think they, they do such a good job to be able to play off these rules because as, as native English speakers, sometimes it's hard for us because there is such like 
areas where you can just just argue things other way, one way or the other. So that could be, be where some of these come from because be. some sometimes they'll bring up an FAQ which the answer is just restating the rule book. But if the rule book is translated, oh, the yeah, translation yeah. might say something different. No, so that, they might that is need true. To there is it. some some issue. Like I've I've sometimes been asked, how does this work in English? And I'll just explain, and I, it's not an issue, but because it's been translated in, in a way that's maybe not that clear. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Do Orc Captains, Orc Warriors, and Wag Riders retain the Hatred Elf special rule granted by Razgush's War Leader of the North special rule even after he's been slain? One, I think this is totally irrelevant because I don't think he ever gets slain, but the answer is yes, if he does, but he's not going to. I've never lost him once. I'm not going to ever. And he's never fought elves, so it That's wouldn't true. have mattered anyway. <laughs> but they still hate elves. Like, my guys hate elves. They just never find elves. We've never actually fought elves ever, but we really hate them. Yeah, one of these days, we'll find them and we'll, we'll let them know what's yeah, what. Yeah, 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 I've heard so many rumors about these damn elves. If the Assault on Lothlorien Legendary Legion is playing the Clash by Moonlight scenario, will the scenario's Dark of Night special rule stack with the Legendary Legion's Cover of Darkness special rule to give models plus two to wound when making shooting attacks? The answer is no, the bonus is only applied once. Good, good, because I heard people argue it the other way around, which is, yeah. that's good. two different special rules. Yeah, yeah. What it means is every time there's an FAQ that says, how does this work with the... Uh, Dark of Night special rule. They now need a new FAQ saying this also applies to the Cover of Darkness special rule. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, look, I, I don't know. I've got thoughts on this Legendary Legion. I think I'm going to have to play it a few times before I totally do that. But, but my gut feeling says it feels like the White Council or the Ring Race version of the Legendary Legion from this book. It just feels nasty. I've pushed it around a couple times just at low points, seeing what's what, and yeah, this it's got some tricks. Yeah, no, it it just feels. Like you can take prowls in it, can't you? Yes. Oh, that feels so nasty. So you could take, you could in theory take all missile weapons if you wanted to, couldn't you? Yes. So it seems to have two main builds, well, three main builds, because yep. you can go spam numbers to get lots of plus one to wound in combat from outnumber. Yeah. You can spam missile weapons to get plus one to wound uh, with your shooting, or you can take lots of beasts because you re-roll to cast on all your beastly magical powers and your beasts just are insane. Or you could do any combination of the above three. Yeah, I feel like, like I love the idea of it being a beast war band, and same with my my one as well. It's the beast mm-hmm. orc one. I feel like, I feel like playing it as a pure shooting one is incredibly powerful, but not necessarily. I don't think that was what was intended. I don't think they they came out this legend like, you know what we want? We want one that makes goblin shooting insanely good. I don't think that was the intention. I don't know. They've got a couple other legendary legions which are intended to make powerful shooting armies. So yeah. someone said, you know what? Rangers of Mirkwood, not enough shooting. We need more shooting. Someone said Rangers of Gondor, oops, too much shooting. Let's take some shooting out of that one. So I guess they said evil needs a shooting legion. Yeah, I, I, I hope that's not the case, and it might be. It's good that we're disagreeing on this one. But people aren't buying enough prowlers. <laughs> no, I've got them all. <laughs> I got a, I got a, um, I bought a secondhand War of the Ring prowler unit of someone, so I've got like 24 of them. Yeah, because they came in trays of eight. You need at least two trays to make your units. So that's, yeah. that, that starts I haven't at painted 16. Them all, but I've got heaps of them. And um, Look, I'll take them out at some point, but I, I kind of... Like, if I was going to play this, I might go like Heavy Spider and Prowler and just like leave the Goblin Archers at home and just play close range and do throwing weapons. But even then, that feels so powerful to be able to get one plus to wound on your throwing weapons. Yeah. And since you get a plus one to wound from the Legion bonus and... They got two-handed weapons mm. and all of their other combat oh, buffs just... that goblins get. Yeah. They are a nasty piece of work. They are. But that takes us to the end of the FAQ, doesn't it? 
There is, however, an errata. Oh, there is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, this is important. How did I miss that? So, on page 52, the garrison of Dale, add Winlance to the army composition. Yep, and I've got an, uh, like an errata to this errata, and don't bother taking it. But you could if you wanted you to. You could take it. No, absolutely, absolutely. If you want to take it, by all means, uh, <laughs> it's not very good. But anyway, take it. Take it if you want to. It's a cool model. Yes. Page 63, the new Wood Elf hero gains a Woodland Creature special rule. Yeah, look, I don't know what to feel about this. I thought that like they designed him especially so you've got a Wood Elf that... That even though in the books he was wearing like just the pajamas and was very silent. In fact, I don't think he spoke because he didn't know the. the Correct. Um, um, Haldir was the translator. For yeah, the group. yeah. So he didn't even know how to speak common tongue. But I thought like maybe he's just really noisy in the woods. No, look, this is this is a hundred percent what it should be. But also should have an option where you can subtract five points and remove his armor. Agreed. I also would have liked the option to give him an elven cloak. Yep. Because that's yep. something that's missing from his profile. Maybe we'll get this at some point in time. Maybe we'll get an upgraded profile for him. I like him. I think he's a really cool character. He's pretty powerful. I've pushed him around a couple of times. He's been really underwhelming for me. He can't roll above about a three. Um, yeah. You can't use that as your judgment call. It's like, that's you. That's your problem. No, but it's my problem when I run that model. If I push Caliborn around, he rolls fine. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You got the perfect army for it as well because you've got all the pikemen. Because this guy with two pikemen behind him. He doesn't have the two-handed weapon though. No, so, but he's still, he's still three attacks at straight four. He, yeah, but he's doing less damage than the other guys who do have the two-handed weapon. That's the problem. Yeah, but I need a guy at the front to do damage. Um, and he's... Who are you comparing the, him to, though? Anyone with a two-handed weapon, really. By Haldir. Yeah, Haldir's the yeah, gotcha. obvious one. He Rumil. just does more no, damage. does Rumil have a hand? Ra- Rumil doesn't. That's yeah. why Haldir's my first pick for the three, because he can go two-handed, Yeah. Um, which gives him so much more hitting power, whereas this guy is supposed to be the hitter, and he does less damage than the other guys. Yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah. No, that that that, that makes lots of sense. It I like. Does him. look really cool though. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did put the order in for him, so I'm gonna I'm gonna paint him up and have a go at him, and and I think he'll be fun. I think he's got a very specific role. I love that he must strike on him. It's fun, but it's more fun than like something that you can plan for and with. It just it crops up every now and then, and then he doesn't roll higher than a three to wound. Yeah, and I, I like it better than Rumul's special rule as well. Like I, I, because that one feels like it's a negative play experience. Well, this one feels like it's a fun bonus. Yes, no, that does make sense because the other one, yeah, you you do run into a lot of players, especially from old editions, who are just like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with that guy. Yeah, I just hate Rumul. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's yeah, forcing someone else to get rid of their their thing. Like, oh, you rolled well, do you? No, you didn't. Like that's annoying. Whereas this one is like, oh, I rolled well. Here's a nice bonus. I yeah. kill you more. Uh, Bay awnings. Uh, what does this do, David? Hand and a half axe and axe. That's because you swap one of them for the bow, isn't it? I'm gonna have to look that one up. Okay. So in the rule book, they had a hand and a half axe and a dagger. Ah. Uh-huh. So they could have fainted single-handed. Yeah. Yep. Or pierced single-handed or double-handed. Gotcha. Now, if you swap it for a bow, they don't have the option to faint. Yep. And so they must can you pierce. Tell me, what's the, what's the bow rule say? Swap hand and a half axe for great bow. So that would have left them with a dagger. So yep. they wouldn't have been able to pierce, but they could have fainted. Gotcha. And the axe is probably more thematic. Yeah, yeah okay. I got it. So it's a, it's a special weapon strike thing. That's It'll fine. also be worth checking the models when they arrive. See if they've got any daggers or hand axes on them. I think that's the kind of thing they just got. Oh, I think they might have some daggers on them. I'll have to check. I've got I've got them somewhere, but once again, I haven't had to, been too, too many episodes. I haven't had the time to put them together. The Easterlings get Kamul, the Easterling, in the army composition. How about this? I'm sure someone was telling me that they knew someone who knew someone who had guaranteed them that that was a deliberate omission. 
that this, for theme reasons, you could not have Kamul in the Eastling I army. I feel like that's the kind of person that... that um, and, and we're the opposite. We, we sort of go and attribute, like, all mistakes is intentional, but... Well, no, we don't. No, this is... Uh, mistakes is intentional. You can't know the intention, can you? You can't really do that. But, yeah, there was people who believed that that was a, a strategic choice and that, that Kamul the Eastling should no longer be in the list. I'm happy that this is the case. I like Kamul the Eastling. I've got a Kamul the Eastling that's converted up as an Eastling. I like it. And we have one last errata for the Bayorning's additional rules. Add the following bullet point. Whilst he is in bear form, Bayorn may still benefit from the heroic actions of Grim Bayorn regardless of his Berserk special rule. So if you got both of them, yep. make note of this bullet point. Yep. And you know what? I, I want to see both of them in a game. That, that would be, be cool. I think they probably lose power after they get to really high points levels because people have got stuff to deal with bears. But yeah. Oh, I like that. Those riders were needed, and, and some of them were really obvious. Like, the Garrison of Dale one, the Eastlings one, and the Orphan one. Like, we picked day one, didn't we? Like, it was just, as soon as you got the book, yeah, yeah this is wrong. Well, I'll admit, it took me a while to notice he didn't have Woodland Creature. Because I just assumed, Wood Elf. Yeah, no, I, I saw that one straight away. And, and the uh, the um, Eastling one, I didn't notice straight away. But the Garrison of Dale one, I definitely noticed about that. Because I was making a fun. And that was someone, I had a debate. Um, on one of the Facebook groups about that, and someone was arguing that that it's because their war gear is special and only available in the Legendary Legion because you had to have brand around for it. Or so, like they, they had some some logic. Uh, they going. only had one Windlance, yeah. So therefore, yeah. Now there, there was there was some some logic to it, and and that's fine that people are arguing that because that's why it's in the FAQ and that's why it's sorted. Do I wish that they got this right in the book in the first place? Yes. Do I think of Defense of the North is an excellent book? Yes, I think it's one of the best. Agreed. I do like Defense of the North. Yep. But but um, what the, I haven't played through a lot of the scenarios. I played through a few of them and enjoyed them, but I haven't played through all of them. And uh, this concerns me that there's these big glaring omissions because I feel like these ones are ones that, that someone proofreading should have noticed. But as I said earlier in the episode, I know that they're going to get them right for the next one because they've clearly learnt from this one even before publishing. They've, they've learnt from it, David. Trust me. Trust me. I've got this one. Okay. Uh, I guess it also depends who you got proofreading, because a proofreader wouldn't know that no, Arafin needed to have woodland creature. No, you need you need like a playtest slash proofreader. You need someone who knows the game reading it. And I think they've got a playtest team, as far as I'm aware. So I would I would like the most like OCD person in that group. And I say that as a positive thing. I want someone who can read the words and just just say yes, this should be here. This should be here. This should be here. Don't they have an in-house legal department? Surely they would be well-skilled at reading, you know, detailed words. I'm not going to pick a fight with the legal department, David. You're trying to bait me here, and I'm not going to fall for it. <sighs> now I'm suggesting more work for them. They should all get a raise. I am they sure can the legal department reading. is doing an excellent job, and I'm sure they are totally unaware of the Green Dragon and anything else that involved here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do have an in-house legal team. I'm, I'm almost entirely sure that they don't spend their legal resources reading through documents for wargaming. I think it's more going and telling people that they can't use stuff whilst they go and copy other people's IP. Is this where we put our disclaimer on the end? Uh, the disclaimer's already there. I put it on every episode. Perfect. <laughs> I think this is where we sign off though, David. Is it? Do you have anything else to say here? Only the traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. 
thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.